This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nally. This week's guest is Pam Bailey, President and CEO of the Grocery Manufacturers Association. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry, providing individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with GMA's Pam Bailey next. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. With crop prices falling, farm income plummeting, and Mother Nature wrecking havoc, the private sector crop insurance infrastructure is more important today than ever. Providing individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. In an unprecedented achievement, standalone legislation regulating biotech disclosure and food labeling passed with broad bipartisan support in the U.S. Congress. Pam Bailey, president and CEO of the Grocery Manufacturers Association, says the American consumer is the ultimate winner in the debate. Bailey says food labels serve two purposes for consumers. First of all, health and safety in nutrition matters are those that um, the government uh, requires, whether it's FDA or USDA, depending on the product. Certainly, there's marketing and claims information on a label, but the government... Uh, usually requires health, safety, and nutrition information for on a label. And that is what our policy as a nation has been, to leave those matters to FDA and USDA. When did food labeling become a bigger issue? Does that date back to California? On the GMO issue? Yes. Uh, that was 2012. There was a California ballot initiative. It, what was the nature of that battle, and how did you overcome it? There was a proposal for California voters to require labeling of food that included ingredients uh, made with GMO technology or ingredients from GMO technology. Um, the issues in California are the same issues we saw in subsequent states, and they're the same issues that the Senate last week and the House this week took into consideration in their votes. And what I'm talking about is the reality that our food supply chain in the United States is a national one. Uh, and you cannot have a patchwork of 50 different state labeling laws. Um, after all, it's an interstate commerce issue. And that's why our Constitution gave Congress the authority to oversee interstate commerce issues. So for us, it was pretty easy. Uh, this is an interstate commerce and national food supply chain issue. Ultimately, the cost associated with labeling for different states is something that the consumer is going to end up paying the price for. And that was our thinking in opposing the California ballot initiative and the ones that came after it. How was the proposed Vermont law affecting the industry and then when it went into effect at the 1st of July... Well, as I said, because we have a national supply chain, um, in the case of Vermont, it means that many companies don't even ship into Vermont. They will ship to a distributor or warehouse outside of Vermont, and in many cases, 
they lose control of it at that point, and it's distributed to different uh, retailers in different states. So even understanding how much of your product as a manufacturer goes directly into Vermont is something that many companies don't have visibility to. Not to mention, if you put a label on a product for Vermont, what are you going to do if Massachusetts or Connecticut or Rhode Island pass different laws with different requirements, which is what we saw pending in the state legislatures this year? Then there are all sorts of compliance issues which we saw play out after July 1st in all the news stories. Retailers weren't certain what their responsibility is compared to that of the manufacturer. Um, their exemptions in the Vermont law, it's proven to be confusing. And we saw the evidence of empty shelves. Price Chopper reported that 10% of their inventory was lost because some companies chose not to supply Price Chopper in Vermont because of the confusion and the cost over that Vermont law. How did you feel about the voluntary labeling legislation that was approved in the House and then the mandatory disclosure that was brought together with the compromise on the Senate Ag Committee? Well, as an industry, GMA and our member companies are fully committed to giving consumers the information they want. The question on this matter has been how much information can you put on a label and how do you provide it other ways so that consumers get the information they're looking for. We talked earlier about important health, nutrition, safety information on a label. You want to be sure that that information is clearly available to consumers. Some consumers we know want GMO information. Others want additional allergen. Some want to know uh, about labor practices, perhaps. Um, others are interested in understanding if it's a case of fish, is it dolphin-friendly, the way the fish has been caught. Consumers want a lot of different information now than they ever did before. And there's a limit to how much of that information can be provided on the label. How did GMA come together with the Smart Label Program, and how far along are you with that particular plan in terms of participation and disclosure to uh, consumers? What we realized as we thought about the importance of giving consumers all the information they want is that consumers are getting information in different ways today. The modern shopper let's face it, often has her phone in her hand as she goes down the aisle in the store. Uh, how can we give consumers instant access to all of that information that we know they want? How can we put it at her fingertips? That's what started the journey to develop Smart Label, a tool that we think matches the way, the modern way that people shop today. It's even easier to use than Google. Representative McGovern, in discussing the, the, the Senate plan that had come to the House, said that digital disclosure was an unintentional measure to deny consumers information. Do you agree? I totally disagree with Mr. McGovern. Actually, Smart Label enables consumers to get much more information than they ever could before. And let me give you an example. Smart Label has 350 different attributes on it. If you scan a QR code and are taken immediately to a landing page, you can see 
on that digital information page and subsequent pages with just the touch of a finger. You don't even need to type anything in. Where your soybeans are grown, for example, in your mayonnaise, um, that's disclosed. Are there certifications that are relevant? Is there additional allergen information? We know a lot of consumers who worry, who have allergies want to know, was this product manufactured in a facility that also manufactures allergens? You can find that through Smart Label. There's just much more information available through Smart Label. I'd say the difference is perhaps, you know, encyclopedias were fine for uh, finding information and they still serve a purpose, but uh, I suggest Wikipedia is much more up-to-date and comprehensive and instantly available than an encyclopedia, and that's the difference between um, Smart Label and other ways of getting information. Certainly, digital disclosure provides you more opportunity, but at the same time, does it provide you additional challenges? Does it provide your members more challenges now that a a wealth of information can be provided? What our members recognize is that there is a wealth of information out there already online. A lot of it is inaccurate because it is not information that is supplied directly by the company. What Smart Label allows is for companies to consistently provide and update instantly information about 350 attributes about different products. So we're going to get more information, more accurate, and more quickly updated information available to consumers everywhere instantaneously. And that's a win for consumers, and it's a win for companies. There has been much gridlock in Washington, and still is. But a standalone piece of legislation on food labeling approved in the Senate by 63 to 30 and over 300 votes in the House. That's no small change. No, it's a huge accomplishment, and it's an accomplishment for the entire agricultural value chain. The strength and the breadth of the votes in the Senate last week and then the vote in the House the next week is almost unprecedented. Um, support came from all over this country from a wide bipartisan majority Uh, 55% of the Democratic caucus in the House voted yes liberals, conservatives very wide support and in in their votes they indicated support for the entire agricultural value chain Was this a referendum on biotechnology? The interesting question about biotechnology is just about every member of the House and Senate that I've spoken to, all of the members that spoke on the floor of both chambers were unanimous in saying biotechnology is safe, it provides important benefits, and they were not against biotechnology. So interestingly, this was not about the safety or appropriateness of biotechnology. What role did the Coalition for Safe and Affordable Food play in this information debate, and does their role change now? Because the coalition included Farm to Fork, 1,100 organizations nationwide, Senator Roberts, uh, the chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee, said on the floor of the Senate that this was historic in his experience in terms of having so much support for a single piece of legislation. Um, Having that support 
across the country certainly had a big impact, not just in the shape of the final piece of legislation, but in explaining to the House and Senate the importance of the legislation. Um, this group has never worked together before on an issue like this, and I think we're going to continue to work together because we have so much in common, and it's good for consumers, and it's certainly good for the agricultural value chain. Do you think this is the last debate about food or food labeling? Um, I suspect we're going to continue to have discussions about different issues uh, when it comes to food labeling. I can't anticipate what they might be at this point. But what I can say is with the availability of smart label, companies are going to uh, continue to be committed to giving consumers as much information as consumers want, giving it to them instantly and making sure that it's up to date. So I think that's going to facilitate consumer access to information and I hope um, prevent issues in the future such as this. Certainly there were different variables than when the House took the vote on the voluntary piece of legislation as opposed to the Senate amendment toward mandatory. But a voluntary program picked up 275 votes in the House and and, uh, when the the vote for mandatory came about, uh, over 300 votes. There are options under this mandatory disclosure. Does that work to the advantage of your members uh, and for consumers? I think the eventual bill was the right compromise. In the end, we can only achieve things in this country if we're willing to listen to each other and compromise. Uh, Congressman Kurt Schrader of Oregon today, talking on the House floor, said, This was a hard-fought compromise, and it was. Uh, Certainly, many uh, organizations, GMA included, initially did prefer a voluntary approach. Our companies were going to provide this information anyway. But as we continued to work on this with the Senate, it was clear that to get that important bipartisan majority in the Senate, the bill had to change. And great credit goes to... Uh, Senator Roberts and Senator Stabenow for negotiating the final compromise agreement and similar recognition to the bipartisan leadership in the House, Chairman Conaway and uh, Ranking Member Colin Peterson, as well as Congressman Mike Pompeo of Kansas and Congressman uh, G.K. Butterfield, who started this in the House uh, with their original piece of legislation. All of those congressional leaders understood uh, that There needed to be compromise. And uh, again, as Mr. Schrader said today on the floor, this is an example of Congress getting it right. In my conversations with Congress over the last several weeks, just about every one of them said, you know what, we're here to get something done. This may not be the bill that I would have preferred, but we had to get it done. And uh, in the end, I think we all can be very proud of... uh, what our Congress did today, completing work on this. So if the industry and if agriculture are pleased with the final outcome, how does the final outcome play to consumer preference, who now has more options along grocery shelves and and had a desire for more information? Did the consumer get what they wanted? The big beneficiary of this whole effort is indeed the American consumer. Um, That's what it was all about from the beginning going back to our national supply chain 
and the fact that if we disrupted that supply chain, consumer access to affordable food would be most hurt. Remember, those estimates show that consumers are willing to pay over $1,000 a year in additional food costs if we didn't do something about the state-by-state labeling um, situation. So consumers have been spared uh, additional food costs, and at the same time, they now are going to have access to so much information than they ever did before. And when it comes to GMO technology, they're going to get that information instantly as well. I could see a day where a consumer would desire a food with an ingredient from a genetically enhanced crop for the benefit that it might provide for health or safety or nutrition. Well, that's right. Um, One thing I think all of us came to appreciate is the vital role that GMO technology plays in the success of American agriculture, the sustainable nature of modern agriculture, and uh, the importance of making sure that the benefits of GM technology are there. And you're absolutely right. As more consumers come to understand that, they may actually look for ingredients grown that way. The legislation now gives much trust or much responsibility to Secretary Vilsack and the Department of Agriculture. Now that we're looking toward regulations, toward implementation of the law, what are the things that you're watching uh, You're watching closely for? Well, the Secretary will be conducting a study, for example, as to consumer access in rural areas to Internet services so that if a company chooses to make information available digitally, can the consumer access that information when they're in the store? Um, the Secretary will be defining the wording and the symbol that will be required if a company chooses to do words on a package or uh, use the symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, there, are, there are many aspects of the legislation, and we anticipate it's going to be an open process where comment will be sought from the public, from industry, from consumers, and we'll definitely be part of that process. Well, Pam Bailey, we want to thank you very much for the opportunity to have spent time together here in discussion on Open Mic. It is Open Mic, and you have an open floor. Terrific. I want to thank the Congress again in enacting this legislation today. The vote on the floor of the House of Representatives is a win-win for every American family in every state in our country. Shoppers now are going to have the same labeling rules no matter where they live or shop. And even more importantly, farmers and consumers are going to be able to avoid costly and confusing uh, state legislation. In the end, consumers are now going to have access to more information than ever before, and they're going to have it available at their fingertips. Our thanks to the president and CEO of the Grocery Manufacturers Association, Pam Bailey, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry, providing individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Nally.